Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto will your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have, as usual, a great, great, great show for you today. We are kind of, people are slow in getting here today. Where are, where's the entire posse? Welcome aboard. I see May Wood, AVQ, Michael Rutnin in the house. On the, of course, you know, I can't see the ones that are out there on the, uh, on the side of the, on the Facebook side by name, but I know that you guys are out there too. I can see your numbers growing. Anyway, folks, how are you guys doing today? How are you guys doing today? We are going to have a hell of a ball. And Bridge MCP just walked in and she says, hello, peeps, to which I say, hello, peeps. Hey, folks, don't forget to go to politicsunright.com slash store because you know what? Ashley gave me this and said, Daddy, you've been wearing that other shirt too long. Put on that one that says, the politics and right, it's my shirt. So I'm squeezed into her shirt. Anyhow, Alistair, Wa- Alistair Waters just got here. She's driving. I got to tell you guys how honored I have um, that Alistair is driving. She's putting us on her phone and she's listening to us through the phone. Alistair, love you, girl. And thank you for being a hell of a supporter. All you guys, thank you for being hell of a supporters of politics and right something that we got to get doing uh Brisa, yeah we have somebody from spain that is um i i, I can't remember what who's it that's from spain that's the sent from spain anyway she's going to come in in a minute she's a she's a daily watcher diligent watcher okay we got uh persistent sore throat worse in the morning on change uh, hey wait a minute i thought that sore throat was gone by now man um it did, did are you did they take a culture to make sure you don't have strep, brother? Melanie. Melanie is from, uh, that's right. Melanie is the one from, um, from uh, Melanie is from Spain. So, yes, we have people from all over the world. And I tell you what, we also have from England because I have donors to not, not Politics and Right on here, but Politics and Right on KPFT 90.1 FM. We actually have donors from, I think, places like Canada and the UK and a couple other countries. So yeah, we are heard all over the world. And you know, we get we get noticed all the time. I, I, I actually went viral with the piece that we did on Medicare for all compared to the Swiss to the system in Sweden. We're an expatriate moved to Sweden and I find I actually got an interview with him. Tom C says, Whoa Michael, have you feel hope you feel better soon. Get to the doctor again if you need to yell yeah, let I, I mean, let them culture to make sure you don't have some sort of deep uh, strep or something like that. Bruce Pollard says, Todo el mundo, exactamente mi hermano de, mi hermano de Kingwood. Welcome aboard, Bruce. All right, we're going to get started in a minute. You know what? It, it, you know, you feel any time I don't get a, a, a complete a paragraph or so from Brother Rudnin, I'm like, did the show really start? Have we started yet? I don't see the stuff from Rudnin. I don't see the stuff from Bridge MCP. But no, it's there. My peeps are here. My peeps are here. My peeps are here. Sister Jan, 40-year high inflation and unaffordable gas prices. Let's go, Brandon. Sister Jan, why don't you stay? Stick around. Don't leave, okay? Stick around. Listen to the program. We have a lot to talk about, about that, uh, all, all that inflation and so forth. And what I... Let me tell you why I want you around, Sister Jen. It seems to me like uh, you may be one of our, con- our new conservative listeners, if you are, and not just somebody that's using a different name. Uh, welcome aboard. Love to have new people around, so welcome aboard. 
Uh, Brandon has completely buffed the working class. Really? Why don't you give us an explanation as far as what you think it's done? Because I tell you what I'm going to do. You made me change the order in which I'm gonna, I was going to play these videos because I want to play videos for you. So let me set it up. Right now, the way the media describe things, it makes people get introspective. They look at their bills from last year and look at it this year. And you know what? It is higher. Uh, their bills are higher. But you know what happened during the pandemic? They were able to save because our We the People Society decided that we were going to take care of our own, everybody. We decided as a society that when we have downturns, we'll take care of each other through our, our, our uh, public system, right? And we did. We had the stimulus. We had all these different. We had the vaccines that everybody got access to right away. We had uh, some, uh, some cash given to those kids who were taken out of poverty. We did a lot, okay? Because we didn't want what happened in 2008 to occur. It took a hell of a long time to get out of that downturn that was created by capitalism. By, that's what that, that big downturn in 2008 created by the excesses of capitalism. In fact, those people thought that capitalism was going to die there because finally the house of cards fell. But in effect, what we had is a government who propped back up that sector to continue doing all the damage that it has done and we get the cyclicality of what occurs. So that's that's that. Now we had this new, this pandemic and what happens? We are saying we are not going to allow what occurred in 2008, a 10-year ramp up to 3% to, to, uh, employment again. We're not going to allow that. What we're going to do is we're going to do what Keynesian economics says. And Sister Jen, I see you keep talking stuff. Listen and learn, please. What we said we were going to do is we said we were going to influx the economy with the liquidity it needed so that it doesn't clam up on itself. In, in software, we call it a deadly embrace. A deadly embrace is where you can't get out of stuff and you spiral down. So we didn't allow that. So we pumped the economy up with, with stimulus. And you know what? It worked. And if you doubt that it worked, I want you to listen to this. I'm not going to say people are not in pain because there are a lot of people that are in pain because the GOP and two Democratic senators are holding us hostage. Joe Manchin, uh, Christine Sinema, and the entire Republican Party is holding the middle class hostage. And I want to let you listen to this here. And then we'll take it on the other side because this is the reality. This is, these aren't questions. This is the reality. The elephant in the room here, you're, you're white um, and you are tackling an issue that uh, largely affects black people to this day in this country. How did that, how did that come into play? How did, it, how did it play out as you were doing the, the film? Well, I would take issue with that statement, actually. Ninety percent of House Republicans voted against a bill that would address those supply chain issues while only offering criticism of the administration's handling of a major economic issue. But despite supply chain issues like the one plaguing baby formula and high inflation that is dominating the current discourse about the economy, 
The Federal Reserve's annual report on households released today shows that self-reported financial well-being is at its highest level since the survey began in 2013. In the fourth quarter of last year, 78% of adults reported either doing okay or living comfortably financially. This as unemployment hit a pre-pandemic low of 3.6% and wage growth continues. Joining us now is Betsy Stevenson, professor of economics at the University of Michigan. She was the chief economist for the U.S. Department of Labor under Barack Obama from 2010 to 2011. Uh, good to see you again. Thank you for being with us, Betsy. There, there's stuff going on out there in the ether that's real. Prices are up uh, It's and, and people see prices every day. It has an impact on how they feel about things, how they feel about politics, how they feel about the country. But it's it's with us because of a whole bunch of things. We've got supply chain cr- crushes still from the pandemic. We've got high oil prices, largely because of the war in Ukraine. How do you how how should people think about this? What happened was the government responded by making sure responded to the pandemic by making sure households could pay their bills, could put food on the table, uh, that people didn't really get left behind. And it worked. You know, if you look at the 2008 recession, it took us eight years to get unemployment below 4%. We were able to do that in less than two years this time. And what we've seen in this recent survey is that people took some of that extra money they were given and they said, you know, I don't need to spend all of it right now. And they saved it. And what that means is we have the highest share of households who tell us that they could cover an emergency expense of $400 than we've seen since the survey began in 2013. The highest share of households who say they could cover three months of expenses if something bad happened. Households need this kind of cushion, and we saw that giving them support gave them this kind of cushion. Let's turn to the bad part. It's really hard to get these numbers precisely right. Exactly how much money should we have given households where they spent what they needed, saved the rest, and didn't go chasing things where we just didn't have enough supply. And so what happened is people got a little bit of extra money and they wanted things like cars and we didn't have cars to give them because of supply chain problems. So that pushed up the the price of used cars 40% as people went chasing cars that didn't exist. Millennials started feeling more comfortable. Maybe it's time to buy a home. We didn't increase the number of houses available. We had low interest rates. People had a lot of money, pushed the prices of houses up. We also had people trying to relocate around the country because they were able to work from home for the first time. Again, uh, recent research showed that that being able to work from home is responsible for a large share of the increase in housing prices as people sort of moved and reshuffled around to take advantage of that. So we have a problem, which is supply constraints mean that sellers can't respond as quickly as they normally do to increase supply. And we've got all these households that have a lot of cash. The end result is inflation. That's not the biggest reason we have inflation, though. The biggest reason we have inflation is energy prices, and that's on Putin. The biggest cause of inflation is, in fact, energy price uh, prices that falls through. And then here's what the killer of that that I want to mention. The energy prices are not high because of shortages. It is high because the companies have pricing power. It's high because we have a lot of excess global oil floating on super tankers around the world with oil companies pressuring their politicians not to allow that oil because they came from the wrong countries, right? So let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. 
This inflation is manufactured. Are there shortages? Yes. Are there shortages on enough things to create a generalized high inflation? No. Oil should not be at the price that it is. That would have dropped in inflation. Food should not be at the price that it is. That would have dropped inflation. And also, we should start making the capitalist system pay for its fraudulent behavior. They're the ones who decided to underpay American workers or not pay American workers and move their production overseas. And at the same time, use just-in-time inventory, which means that with just-in-time inventory, if there is a slight delay, a pandemic, a large delay in this case, or any one of these disruptions, you affect the entire supply chain. That isn't on government. That is on the private sector. That isn't on government. That is what they decided to do. The private sector, the corporatocracy, because of it, of all it seeks is profits without humanity. And I'm not, I'm not even overblowing this. That is what they do. Solution is either disrupt it and have true free enterprise or institute such strong regulation that X amount of product has to be created in country. Create all kinds of regulations that forces us not to fall into the trap that private sector puts us in. I want to use the Similac issue, the, the shortage of baby formula, to show the failure of capitalism, the failure, and not only the failure of capitalism, but it is by design what is occurring. Even the, even the journalist admits it, but you know what? He still blames government. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. I want to make sure I get the right, the right one. Here we go. I want you to see something about journalism. I want you to see what this journalist did. In effect, he's saying the problems that we have is a direct result, a direct result of our economic system. And what is our economic system? It's capitalism. Capitalism does not belong in certain areas of the economy because its tenets are inhumane. So let's go ahead and listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. The military to the rescue once again. The White House said they'd been working on this for months and months, but it didn't appear that way since we got to such a crisis point. It, it sure doesn't. And the baby formula uh, issue is shocking to Americans. It's shocking. The political ramifications of it are profound. This can't be our country where babies are at risk of, of dying. I mean, if this goes on for a few more weeks, it, it's possible we're going to lose someone in this country because of this. The Biden administration knew about it in February. Whatever that came afterwards, whatever the investigations determined, the buck stops in the Oval Office. I don't know why somebody at the FDA didn't call the chief of staff and say, you know, we had to shut down this baby formula plant. And because of the nature of the American economy and major American corporations, where there just is no wiggle room at all, because efficiency, maximizing profits, may you take one piece out and the system collapses. He said it, the economic system is only for profits and efficiency to maximize profits. And you take one thing out, it collapses. Do we want our babies 
dependent on a system like that? Do we want our health care, our heart attacks, our break, our strokes dependent on a system like that? He tells the truth. He wants government to subsidize the profits of the wealthy who controls the companies working on slim margins to maximize profits. That is what he said. He admits what the issue is. And at the same time, in the same 1.2 minute segment, he blames government. In other words, all right, let's go ahead and allow Lazafir to flourish. But ultimately speaking, if, it, if they fail, you better be there just waiting for them to fail. This is what he wants. Wait for government, to, wait for private sector to fail. Wait for corporation to fail. Wait for corporation to fail. When corporation to fail, you better be ready, government, to pick up the slack. Well, why don't the government pick up the slack altogether? And to hell with the corporation and the profits that those corporations would have made, why not then redistribute it right back to the people? You see, when you really ultimately figure this thing out, you see what it is. Now, I look, I want a free enterprise system, people. I believe in free enterprise. I want to be able to have a pizza shop. And I want to be able to sell my software, etc. But I want to make sure that if you are ill and have a heart attack, you are not having to search for doctor, search for insurance and all that kind of stuff. Those are basic human needs that should be rights that are inalienable and you get them. The same applies to certain things, critical things like baby formula, etc. That is what we're talking about. But they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to think clearly. They want you to just think that the only way things can be is unfettered capitalism that ultimately harms, ultimately kills. And again, it is so important. I mean, it, it, it is so funny because these neoliberals, they will accidentally tell the truth. And when they tell the truth, you see what we're talking about. So for my, my right-wing folks, I, I, let, me sub, let me go ahead and re-explain a little something there. We're using the baby formula as an example, okay? The, 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 the monopolies were created by paid-off politicians to allow just four major makers of this formula, okay, of these baby-type formulas. Great. And they, are, they promise we are going to stay clean. We're going to make sure and create great products. It's the free enterprise. I mean, not the free enterprise. It's the capitalism. We're going to do it. But, you know, the, the reporter there said it right. Capitalism only cares about profit and shareholder value, and they will be as efficient as possible. So therefore, if you pull one thing out of whack, they fall on your face. Same thing happened when they do just-in-time inventory. China has a plague. Uh, the, the factory shuts down for a couple weeks. The supply chain gets stopped, and guess what happens? You can't make your product, and then they want to blame government. Do not blame government for something corporations control and they constantly fail at. But look, they don't fail at it for the sake of failing, okay? They fail at it because they only care about profit. There's no humanity, zero, punto zero humanity in that economic system. And that is why every time we need to talk about anything that really humanities must have to survive. When I say humanity must have to survive, I'm talking about healthcare. I'm talking about basic energy needs to keep your home warm so you don't freeze to death or cool so you don't burn to death. All those things should be subsidized. 
and only things that are discretionary should be placed in the in in the, in the public sector all right let's see uh maybe if i want a pizza today okay public sector there are a lot of things that would be in the public sector in fact you know about half of the things would be in the public sector half of the things would be in the private sector that is what we need because otherwise many people get killed to make that one percent and that point one percent filthy rich on our backs because all that money they have that's our labor unpaid remember that all the wealth the wealthy has is our labor unpaid remember that until you understand that Again, Eric, you misunderstood. I didn't say, I said we want to have pizza in the private sector. But anyway, let me go ahead and start going to the to the list now. Whoa, you guys wrote a lot. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Dave Smith, welcome aboard. If the mainstream news media and people like this man here told you the truth, you wouldn't have nothing to do with any Democrat. Oh, really? Actually, Dave Smith, I suggest you fact check everything that I say because I can guarantee you everything I say is fact-based. And what you've listened to is a, well, it's crazy, put it that way. All right, continue. Yvette, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Michael Renner said, Republicans would rather the American people suffer, obstruct everything that might alleviate the suffering, then blame the Democrats for that suffering. So to gain votes in the upcoming election, then work with the opposition to actually do right by the people. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Michael Renner says, also, when I say Republican, I mostly mean those in political power. Exactly, Michael. That's what we need to do. I don't blame all, even the Republicans in the room right now. They're my buddies. I don't blame you for being mis misinformed. Someday you're going to, someday what I talk to you about is going to click. Mike Cisak is going to say someday, oh, wow, the, the, the seed that you planted in my head and fertilized has finally got some water in it and started to grow and flourish. All right, let's continue. Robert Davenport says, what a shock. Working class people buy things instead of hoarding their cash. That is why incentives for the rich never boost the economy. You know what? You know what intelligent thought is all about, Davenport? That's what I'm talking about. You know, you just said it. And, and they, they, so many people, they, uh, it's called willful ignorance, Robert. When, because of ideological reason and not wanting to agree with somebody you'd rather not agree with, you choose willful ignorance. Mike C. Sexton, Egberto, claiming that over 300 U.S. oil companies are constant on conspiring to not sell oil on the market. That is how the free market works. No, they are not conspiring at all to not sell oil. First of all, oil is not sold to Americans from or, or, or whatever the way. Oil is a global market, okay? that It's a global market. I understand all there is to understand about markets. That's not the issue. The issue is, and it's been written, where CEOs are coming out and saying they like the idea of pumping less of the gas because, I mean, if they own a lease, they don't want, if they can, if they want the highest price at the lease depletion for that particular lease. And that's what they do. If oil is going to go up to a hundred and something dollars a barrel, by God, they're not going to try to pump oil to bring it down. You know when they bring it down? When they get true demand destruction. And let me, let me put it in another way. They will bring the prices down when they start to believe that the effect of the drop in use of the product will be permanent and keep itself on a decline. At that point, they go into a panic and flood the market with oil. Again, that is the, that is the perverseness 
of capitalism and the supply and demand methodology, right? I don't mind supply and demand in certain areas, but in some other areas, supply and demands are pretty darn evil. Let's give an example. I mean, if you need if you need gas to go to work or you need gas to take your kids somewhere, and because of the demand amount, you cannot afford to do that. But if we had a regulated system, you would always have that transport. That means that system is evil by default, by definition. It's not that somebody is so like evil or whatever. It's just that the system created manifests evil in itself. It's that simple. It's not complex. All right. Uh, David Lado says, come on, people. He is obviously a Marxist. Seriously, you don't see it? I am whatever it is people need to survive, Daniel Lado. You can try to call it label and the way your, 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 uh, your informers try to mislead you. You can do as you please. You know, it doesn't really matter to me, right? What you want to call me? You could call me the devil if you wanted to. Doesn't matter to me. Hayes, with outstanding federal student loans totaling 1.6 trillion, cancel student debt is a mantra that can be heard on college campuses and beyond. While student impact the lives of many, how does it actually break down? Well, it turns out most borrowers have small loans with 53% owing 20,000 or less, and nearly a third owing less than 10,000, reports the Washington Post. Just 7% of borrowers more than 100,000. And you know what? Those borrowers are folks like uh, doctors, people who are going to be doctors, etc. And you know what? It takes them a hell of a long time to get there. I'm telling you this from experience with my daughter who has much more than $100,000 in debt. Just not from, I paid her undergrad. But you know who? Uh, she took loans out for her medical school. Medical school, very expensive, several hundred thousand dollars. And you know what? People complain about medical costs. I am for every single doctor should be able to go to school if they prove they can do the work should be able to go to school for free and then work at a reasonable price so that we don't have the crazy prices that we have in healthcare right now. That's how other countries do it, and it's very successful. We are the only ones who say we are exceptional. And in a lot of things, we are exceptionally D-U-M-B, okay? A.C. Rodriguez says, Professor Wolf always says inflation is due to greedy corporations raising prices. If they are profitable, they can eat that cost and outprice their competition. But they want to pass on this to everyone else. I, exactly. But you know what's so funny about it? Here's what drives me crazy, uh, A.C. Rodriguez. The inflation is, I mean, the, the shortages that do occur because of supply chain problems is created by their ineptitude and failure. And guess who pays for their ineptitude and failure? We do. So they win either side. They screw up, they win. They do right, they win. Those are the things we have to understand. All right, Mike Csac says, the baby formula supply issue is completely caused by the government, to which I can provably say it's completely false. AC Rodriguez says, uh, replying to, what's wrong with being a Marxist? It's better to be a critical thinker than an authoritarian follower. Love you, brother, AC. All right, well, AC, are you a woman or a man? I don't know. All right, Mike, well, that's Mike to CSEC. Robert Davenport says, should American oil prices be the subject of international speculators? No, we export as much as we import. That oil should be nationalized and not subject to speculation. It comes from America. How long have I been talking about nationalizing the oil sector, the oil industry? For a long time. That's what needs to be done. Absolutely. Eric Hayes' average student loan debt is $36,000. If Biden estimated $50,000 per student, that would do 
do the lift boot of debt from the next of almost all young people. You say 100,000, and I'm asking for half that, but actually do it. Here you go. Paul Fleming checking in. Welcome, Paul Fleming. AC Rodriguez, uh, that's the communication. Robert Davenport also says, the Oval Office has control over corporate greed. The baby formula industry became monopoly control and then failed the market needs. Absolutely, that's the case. Mike C. says, Eberto doesn't believe in the free market. There ain't no free market. You guys are snowed. It's just like the mythical, the mythical center. The, the free, there is no free market. I mean, why do you guys get snowed like that? I mean, you, do you, you watch Exxon, uh, Shell, and all these guys. You think that's a free market? Come on, people. I mean, they, you know they laugh at us, right? By the way, I have, you know, I, I have friends in very high places. They laugh at you. You know who else they laugh at? The, and guess who they laugh at the most? They fear the left. That's why they put so much money into the left. But they laughed at the right-wingers. The corporatocracy think you guys are so, you know what? You know where I got that from? One of the, one of the executives in the companies. And they said, you know, they're just using them because they're usable. And that's why you constant, those on the right, they protect the corporatocracy with passion. And the corporatocracy go into their offices and laugh at you. If you doubt it, Trump has actually done it in public. Trump has said, I like stupid people. Trump said it. He said what they say in the boardrooms. And people are like, can you believe Trump just said that? And they're still following him. He said he loves stupid people. They probably think, well, he loves himself as well, you know. But anyhow, Egberto doesn't believe in the free market because there ain't no free market. Mike C. So Egberto admits it's a government cause issue. I, I think I know. No, 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 no. I said the corporatocracy buys politicians. The real politicians that should be there are swooped out. They bought politicians. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's continue. Eric Hayes, what was pulled out of whack? How about having supplies here in the U.S.? Baby food and our own oil supplies. Yeah, right. But you know, didn't you learn before what we said? Doesn't matter if we pull the oil out of the ground here or not. It's a global market. That's why we need to nationalize the damn thing. Come on, folks. Learn, 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 learn. That's why we have great people here to teach. Look at look at Tom C. Look at uh, Davenport. Look at Rudnin. These, look at Bridge MCP. Learn, folks. Learn. All right, let's continue our program. Let's continue. Uh, can we have some antitrust legislation after such failures? Decades of market consolidation in the U.S. have resulted in problems like the one, uh, like this one, family, American families are now facing. Four companies, Abbott, Perrigo, Nestle, and Mead Johnson, control 90% of the U.S. supply formula. Shame. Shame, 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 shame. Let's see. Mike says, all the labor was actually paid. I don't know what you're talking about there. You may want to refresh me. Jesse Geberto, fertilizers are way up now due to shortages. Where are you getting the fertilizer for, Mike? Okay, let's get let's let let's qualify this. One of the biggest fertilizer makers is Russia. Russia is in a war. Do we have the capacity to replace those fertilizers if we wanted to? But you see, it would have to be government who goes in and create mass production of these things because. The first thing corporations look for is, well, if we ramp up supply now, it's going to cost us money. Who's going to pay us for Again, the corporatocracy only works 
when they can be subsidized by government. And if they're subsidized by government, that means we are subsidizing the wealthy. Can't you guys see the correlation? Even the, the, the piece that I just showed you there with the reporter saying, you pull one piece out and the entire thing collapsed because they're solely based on efficiency and profit to maximize profits for their shareholders. They, they know it. They say it. But to them, it is okay for us to so subsidize corporations. But it's not okay for us to subsidize a mom who wants to work but cannot because she can't find affordable childcare. It's not okay to subsidize that. But it's always okay to subsidize corporations. You get it? You get it? All right. Daniel Ledo says, listen to the total delusion of this man. He thinks that the ideas are so brilliant that we are all just going to come around and to his way of thinking. Listen to the total delusion of this man. He thinks that is a, you, you, you pasted it twice, buddy. You pasted it twice. But no, I don't think that you're going to come around to think like me. I think you're going to come around to think. And then when you come around into thinking, all will fall into place. But right now, you let others do your thinking for you, and then you regurgitate what they think. So what they told you to think. That's what I want to say. All right. Bridge MCP says, look at the gas and diesel. Farmers are really hurting. Yeah. And they're, and that's, you know, you wonder why farmers continuously vote against their own interests. And that's where I blame Democrats. They have to go in there and fight for those farmers and let those farmers know who really have their interests at hand. Michael Rudden says, Egberto, to some conservative socialism and Marxism is whatever helps the people. They don't actually care to read the theory, only caricature it. That's true. You guys don't not see the hypocrisy of a man who says he's a humanist, but then speaks in absolute terms about evil. How does speaking about, about evil in absolute terms negate my humanism? In fact, it, it it enhances my humanism when I say Republican politicians are evil because they are killing people. I think that's straightforward. Not, not a question there. All right, let's see what else to say. Daniel Lado, EW delusional. The very definition of delusion is the number 45. <laughs> Brother Tom C., love you, man. You're absolutely right. Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, who still believes MAGA MAGA man actually won the 2020 election. It's so funny. All right, let's continue here. Uh, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, let me go ahead and do that. Wow, I got so much more. I, I want to get some of these videos out. So this is another important video here because what I constantly tell Democrats is they have to talk to the people, right? They have to talk to the people, but you have to know how to do it. Listen to this expert on Velshi. She did it just right. I want you to listen to this expert on Ali Velshi. She hits the nail on the head as far as what Democrats need to do with respect to messaging against the GOP in the elections coming forward. I want you to listen to this and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Joining us now is Anat Schenker Osorio. She has joined this program many times to talk about how Democrats should be talking to voters about tough issues. She's the founder of the progressive research and communications firm ASO Communications. Anat, thank you for being with us. There you go. Betsy laid it out. It's a tough issue. Bad luck for the administration that we got a shortage of chips and we've got people uh, who were at home and we got a, a, a stimulus program that, that actually allowed people to spend some money and we've got low unemployment. We've got higher wages. All of that stuff's actually really good. 
But on this side, we've got uh, higher energy prices. We've got supply chain issues. We've got inflation. What would you tell uh, the administration that they need to do in order to, to communicate this? So the fundamental framing shift that we need people to be able to internalize is a move away from why is stuff so expensive to why are you so broke? And what I mean by that is two things. Number one, a focus on the things that cost the most. Housing, childcare, higher education, the things that we need most, health care, care for our loved ones, that cost the most are being put deliberately out of our reach by a handful of MAGA Republicans who are bound and determined to keep us struggling so that they can keep handing kickbacks to their corporate donors. So that's number one. And number two, there needs to be a clear indicator of the origin story of where this hardship comes from, that in essence, GOP might as well stand for gouging our prices. Because as we have seen time and again, given any and every opportunity to actually help Americans afford the things that all of our families need and want, they choose not to. How does that work, though? Because as, as much as oil prices are up all over the world and inflation rates are up all over the world, so it can't possibly be all Joe Biden's fault. Ultimately, we know that that's the connection people make, right? When their stocks are down, their retirement looks bad, their prices are up, and they see it every day in the price of a gallon of milk or a gallon of oil. It, it, it sometimes isn't the most sophisticated conversation people have with themselves. It's under these people, my life seems less prosperous. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so first and foremost, we don't argue with people's feelings. That is a bad thing to do in life and in politics. You cannot argue people out of the feeling that they're having. So some sort of vague reassurance that the economy is going great. Look at the Dow. We have all this unemployment. If that, as you've rightly raised, isn't what people are feeling in their day-to-day lived experience, arguing them out of that makes you sound not just out of touch, but kind of callous. Right. So what do you say? You say something with an opening value that begins, no matter what we look like or where we come from, most of us believe that people who work for a living ought to earn a living and have time left over for a life. But today, a handful of Republicans or MAGA Republicans, Trump Republicans, take your pick, want to divide us from each other have us pointing our finger in the wrong direction while our families keep struggling and they hand kickbacks to their corporate donors. Any and every time a bill comes up for what we need and what the majority of Americans support, whether that be child care supports, whether that be making health care affordable, whether that be bringing baby formula home to the United States where we need it, they block it. And then they hope will look the other way and blame Democrats who, in every single instance, are standing with and for our families. Understand what she's saying there, because it is very important. When she says, don't add, don't use the question that they're asking, why are prices so high? Why are, or why do we have inflation? Don't allow yourself to be pulled into that discussion. She said, the question that you, sh- you should be on the offensive. Why are you so broke? You are so broke because the gouging of prices is taking care of you. In other words, GOP, right? You have to really be assertive. You have to really tell people what is wrong and who is causing the problem and what you are going to do. On the offensive, you put 
them on the defensive. After all, they're the ones who are blocking the bills that would make things better for Americans. Don't let them turn it around and say you are not doing anything to solve the problems. Let them be the ones who are not allowing the problems to be solved. And you are the one solving the problem. I mean, it is, you know, we don't do it assertively enough. Those in, the, in, in, in some of these spaces, they just don't do it. They're quiet. They're too plus passive. They have to get in there, be assertive, and actually be the ones attacking. Not waiting to counterattack, but attacking. And that is what wins you election because people see you as fighting for them no matter what the condition is. Remember, Bush won in 2004 when he should have lost it all. Well, folks, so that is so important for us to understand. But Alistair Waters uh, just said... 14 killed, including children, when 18-year-old gunmen opened fire at Uvalde, Texas Elementary School. I just looked it up. Uh, they said at least two children killed, and they said 12 injured uh, by gunfire. I am not sure uh, if, if, if the injured, if, if Alistair has seen uh, the 14 from another report that actually shows that they're dead. But again, this is what I'm talking about. We have an evil in this country. And the evil in this country is coming from the right, not the right, not your right friends or whatever. They think it's okay. They've been, they've been snowed into believing it's okay. But when you have laissez-faire guns like you have in Texas, let me, punto final, let me stop for a second here. Texas residents, Texas citizens, let me tell you something. Your governor, the, uh, Greg Abbott, your lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, They've ensured that Texas is just about one of the most armed states in the country. You can walk around Texas with a gun without having a permit. You can walk around Texas like it's the wild, wild west. And it shows in the outcomes, in the killings that occur on the streets in Texas. And you know what? A lot of people would like you to believe it's in Houston and Dallas and Austin and San Antonio and El Paso is where all the killings are occurring. But the onesie twosie killings that are occurring are in Tinbak 2, Texas 1, Tinbak 2, Texas, Tinbak 4, Texas. These people are kill We are a murdering state by gun. Look it up. We just shoot and kill and shoot and kill. Okay? Because we have the guns. That is the reason why. And who are putting the guns in unfetteredly out there? Republicans that are selling your soul. Selling your soul. Selling your lives. So that that gun manufacturer can make a buck. But there's another reason that they're doing this. They hope at some time when enough of their people get smart that when that stuff starts, instead of aiming those guns at them, they will be so flustered that they just kill each other. Let me tell you, folks, uh, this is uh, uh, how much more? 14 kids, one teacher. Oh, my God, it's true. 14 kids, one teacher dead. Alistair? You got it. 14, Alistair, your numbers actually just came over. 14 kids, one teacher, dead. Texas, where guns reign. Where guns reign. 
I have got to call the chair pretty soon. We have got to get these Republicans under control now because they're getting us killed. They're getting people killed one after the other. They're getting people killed. It's now 15, 14 kids dead. One teacher dead. I hope you're, you're happy, Austin. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. This hurt to the core. This hurts to the core. I cannot believe. Just When was the last shooting? Uh, oh, my God, my God, my God. 14 kids in Uvalde. 14 kids. 14 kids. No, Michael. It, it, it's been updated, Michael. 14 kids. 14 kids. I have a grown daughter. When my daughter had a stroke, and I know she was alive. Of course, she came pretty close. So I know she was alive. But the feel in the pit that you feel at the point of not knowing on that airplane that you're flying and not knowing. I can imagine those parents right there knowing that there are 14 dead kids and one dead teacher. And they're wondering, I wonder if it's my kid's classroom. I wonder if it's my kid's classroom. The pit that you feel in your stomach where you have no control. No control. You have no control. 14 kids dead, one teacher. Uh, we have to come out blazing against a Republican irresponsibility with guns. It is time. It is time. It is time. Uh, I have got to get some messages out to our party. I mean, it is time. Oh, my God. Wow. And this, this is just right after this last mass killing, folks. This is sad. My God. I'm uh, sorry for this. I, I'm just kind of a little bit off. Um, I'm a little bit off kilter right now. I am watching uh, CNN. I mean, uh, MSNBC right now, Tom C. I'm seeing it on the screen. Go to MSNBC and it's on the on the um, crayon. 14 kids, one teacher dead after school shooting. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah, I can't think straight. And how many dead was Buffalo again? 10 dead in Buffalo. Wow. Um, this is why elections matter, people. This is why election matters. The stupidity that we do with the guns, we can see the results right away. You get some crazy listening to right-wing crap, and they do this, right? But the the healthcare, the, the not accepting the Medicare expa Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care, killed more than the ten that was killed by that right winger in Buffalo, and likely this right winger. We don't know too much here yet, but likely another right winger here. I don't talk out of turn generally, but I will now. Some sites say 14 others. Well, actually, let me just say bridge. The crying under uh, MSNBC first said 14, uh, two, two students dead and 14 injured. That's what it said. And then it just changed to say 15 dead 
one teacher, I mean, 14 kids dead, one teacher. My God, my God. Um, hey, look, I'm going to tell my Republican brothers and you, know, you guys, you guys got to quit the crap. This stuff is killing people. Your ideology is killing people. The lies are killing people. Not only with health care, but with guns. Do you have a heart? Can't you see that? 14 kids. You got kids, don't you? That next right winger, when he goes into that classroom, he's not going to say, your father's a Republican, your father's a Democrat, your father's an independent, your father's a Marxist. He's not going to say that. He's going to gun everybody down because of what you are doing, what you are tolerating. My God, can't you see it? Can't you see it? Is it so hard to see that you're killing people? That ideology is the ideology of death. Tell me when was the last time of any consequence you see somebody say, because I'm a lefty that want social security for everybody and I want Medicare for everybody and I want everybody to have a good life. When was the last time you see somebody that compassionate care about killing somebody? When did you ever see that? Not once. Not once. Once again. Once again, it's not even a week, or is it, how long is it? Maybe a week and a day or so. The shooter is dead. Good for him. He should have just taken his life and forget about doing anything else. Yeah, do they know anything about the shooter? I haven't read to see if they know. AC Rodriguez, if we are to keep the Second Amendment, we need to have government-funded mental health checkups for gun owners. No. Look, the Second Amendment is not what these people have turned it into. Even Scalia, before he died, said it. We can regulate this sucker. Scalia said it. Scalia said it. And that's the most conservative judge ever. Local NBC store, store station reporting 14 students, one teacher dead. Yes, Alistair Waters, your numbers were the correct numbers all along. MSNBC is live all over this killing right now. It just happened about three o'clock uh shooter killed his grandmother you know amazing huh amazing amazing do they know anything else about the shooter i'm i'm very very curious about what's going on here i'm very curious whatever the case is guns 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 you like your guns this is these are for all those love those guns, you know, where's the good guy with the gun anyway again? Where would have been the good guy been the gun able to say save this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Man. Egberto Willis nothing. He had a confrontation with the police, then went into the school. Wow. Wow. I'm a gun owner, I do not need automatic weapons. I hear you. Uh okay. Okay, okay. Wow. Was it a suicide or someone shot him? I don't know. But folks, 
we're about to end the pro well we have four more minutes left i had some more of another video but i i've got to put this on hold because right now i'm not in the right frame of mind um uh i just remember what it feels like i just remember what it feels like yes it was fast you know why because they've been killing and killing and killing and killing and it's not only by gun it's by policy it's not only by gun it's by policy because had it not been policy this guy likely would not have had the gun so no matter what yes it's greg abbott and dan patrick's fault absent their laws this guy couldn't have a gun absent them given my uh, carte blanche to gun producers carte blanche to gun sellers that, that you can go to any gun gun uh gun fair and buy a gun with it with i mean it's yes i am blaming and in this case i am blaming irrespective of the result of this case irrespective of the result of this case the ideology is a killer the ideology is killing and if you can't see it listen to sometimes some of the things some of you say I'm, I'm loaded up with ammunition and all that kind of crap you can't say why am i loading up with ammunition nobody wants to kill you everybody wants to negotiate policy i want my policies you want your policies but you want to have your policies by the line of a gun i keep fighting for my policies by trying to change minds by trying to show them why my policy is better than a policy that kills. No. When I hear all these macho men, we're loading them up. Don't, don't threat on me. All that kind of crap. You know, all that kind of, don't threat, like, it, like that gives you some form of masculinity. That's not masculine. That is weakness. That is that you can't do it on your own. You have to depend on some piece of equipment. That's what it is. Oh, I got my gun now. Yeah, right. Right. Alistair Waters, failed mental health system, foster care, everything. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. Hey, guys, look, I thank you guys all. But I got, I got another minute that I need to continue. So I will continue another minute but I'm, I'm i'm sorry guys i'm flustered I, I mean this this gets to me you know remember sandy hook 20 kids i think are so killed now we got 14 kids killed and i bet it's going to be more than that egberto i don't think people care about masculinity in this one and this is sad this is sad but this is not inev inevitable eric this is policy this is this is this is conservative right-wing policy that just allows guns everywhere that's what this is absent those policies year after year after year after year we wouldn't have this those politicians in austin are killers you don't see them asking people to walk into the chambers with guns do they no they know the truth they don't mind you getting killed but they're gonna protect themselves they are killers. They are killers with guns. They are killers with health care. They are killers with care for kids. They are killers. I'd like to talk about 
about pro-life. They're not pro-life. They're pro-whatever I can do to make a buck. There's nothing pro-life about being a conservative. There's nothing pro-life about being a pro-life. I'm pro-life. Alistair Waters is pro-life. Bridge MCP is pro-life. May Wood is pro-life. AC Rodriguez is pro-life. They believe in policies that help people. They do. Talking all this crap about, oh, you know, all that right-wing crap kills. It kills. This is a, think about that mother and that father right now. Is my kid alive? Like I said, I can empathize with that feeling before. But after having a kid that came close, I can empathize even more. It's a shame. We see this stuff with guys in military running all the time after these killings, right? And in the case of Buffalo, we have this killer being walked out like he's some sort of a nice guy. When folks otherwise get thrown to the floor and down. Ridiculous. It's a damn shame. Listen to you, Daniel. Listen to those words. Listen to those words. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. Sad, sad, sad. That is just sad. That just shows where, where, where one's heart is, you know? That just shows where one's heart is. Civil war? You'll never win a civil war with guns. Let me just tell you that. You can put things down, but ultimately you fail. Ultimately you fail. So go, have your civil war. Do whatever the hell you want. Look at these kids. 14 kids. 14 kids. 14 kids. 14 kids. They didn't know what hit them. All because of policy. All because of policy and ideology. Folks, my name is Egberto Willis. Um, sorry for partially losing it. I ask you to, those of you that are listening, those of you that are listening, please let me tell you, any vote, any vote for any Republican is a vote to kill some of your neighbors. Don't forget that. Any vote for any Republican at this point in time, at this point in our history, any vote for Republican is a vote to kill. It's a complicity to murder. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I'm going to end this program today. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please 
join.